With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hope everybody is having a good Thursday. Sometimes we talk about the dead part of the year in sports, but then there always seems to be something to talk about, uh, including some breaking news just in the last couple of minutes involving Texas baseball. We will get to that. Uh, Also, there's other baseball to talk about on the big league level. Got more NCAA stuff to talk about. They're trying to clarify all kinds of things over at the NCAA. NFL's trying to do the same thing. There's even something for you to watch on TV tonight if you really stretch the definition of, you know, entertaining sports. I'll admit, I kind of watch it. We'll get into all of that, get you a full preview of the match eight. It is happening tonight. All right, it's Chad and Zay. Zay is still on his honeymoon in Cancun. Hopefully he is having a great time. I'm Chad Hastings. Joining me once again is the one and only Cameron Parker. What's up, Cam? Chad, I was asked, is this the widest show on radio right now, me and you? I'd say, how dare anyone ask okay. that question? That's what I said back. Uh, considering that on yesterday's show, more hip-hop got played than That's maybe true. on any show we've ever had, then I'm going to say no. We are not the widest show. You're the reason why. <laughs> if you were a different person, there'd always be that chance. But because of you and your Houston-themed hip-hop day yesterday, I'm going to say no. Maybe we're, maybe we're like maybe bronze medal. There's got to be two shows somewhere wider than this one. So that reasoning tells me that it was the widest show on Sports Talk Radio <laughs> yesterday. Because if I'm the reason why the show isn't white, then that's not a good I sign. see. Okay. That was not a good you argument. You know what? Thing. I say we just fully embrace it. Is that was that today's musical theme? <laughs> Song so white you can't stand it. I guess so. Caucasian music to the nth degree. That's where we'll be. Um, all right, there is uh, there is different things we will be getting into today. Um, first off, I guess we need to start with this breaking news story. Jeff Howe just uh, broke this and talked about it briefly on Light the Tower as they went off. The air. Jeff's going to jump in with us at 105 as he does a lot on Thursdays. So we'll get more on it. But it's just come down that Texas baseball is in need of a new pitching coach. They have fired Woody Williams. Interesting uh, development here, Cameron. The, t- the season Texas had, you know, the the thought was that from a lot of people that getting to the super regional was kind of where this team. That's how they how they felt to a lot of people by that time but we know what the standard is for this program so what do you think one year in with Woody Williams now looking for a new pitching coach 
You remember how Texas football went through a span of like five different wide receiver coaches in five years? It just felt like every single year it was a a new coach coming in. Mm-hmm. Not great for recruiting, not great for your wide receivers. And this kind of getting the fives now with David Pierce. Because usually, Chad, you know, once your coaches start firing your coordinators, what does that mean? It means they're probably the next guy to get fired, right? It's kind of your, your last resort is, okay, well, we're going to make a switch up. Felt that was the move with Sean Allen last season after Texas pitching kind of fumbled in the College World Series. But you give one guy one year, that's it does not stick well with me, Chad. And I'm starting to get concerned here with David Pierce. Now, maybe maybe there was some just ideals that they could not settle on, that there was some kind of miscommunication because it felt like there's been a disconnect, Chad, with the pitching and the pitching staff. And mm-hmm. from what it sounds like, David Pierce is kind of the de facto pitching coach with Sean Allen kind of helping along. And this past season, it was Woody Williams. But now it feels like this season, Chad, if Pierce and Texas do not have a good year and pitching is the reason why, it feels like Pierce will be on the chopping block, right? Well, it's one of those things, and I guess in every sport it's this way, but certainly football is the best example. Maybe it's true in basketball and baseball, but generally in football, you sometimes only get one chance to change the coordinator on your side of the ball if it's not for like that coach moving on. If that coach moves on, it's different. If, it's, if you're so successful, Nick Saban, that everybody wants your OC, everybody wants your DC, well, that's a different story. But if you are bad in some way, less than you want to be, and you change coordinators to try to give yourself a little energy, and you just keep doing that, yep. you, the first step is usually the other side of the ball. You can change your defensive coordinator if you're an offensive guy. That's usually step one. Then it's a big moment where, like right now at A&M, I think Jimbo Fisher's in that moment. Mm-hmm. He just made an OC switch on his, that's his side of the ball, it's his thing, he's a quarterback guy. So maybe we could make a similar argument here for David Pierce, known as a, a pitching guy. Yeah. Right? That's what he's been. That's how he's been looked at coming through, uh, through the years. So now this will be a second opportunity to find the right pitching coach. So, you know, is there going to be a moment where the higher-ups would start looking directly at him and say, hey, is, it, is this the part that's not getting fixed, or is it something else? But uh, that is the big story of the day for Texas baseball as, uh, as Woody Williams will be uh, removed from the pitching coach position. Interesting stuff there. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that or anything else today, Specs text line 337-3776. We're going to have some fun with a few things today, including a question I want everybody to participate with. This is one of those really dead nights in sports in terms of television. You got some baseball on, obviously. Probably some WNBA games rolling. But, and last night was the NHL draft. Tonight we do have the match. If you didn't know, the match eight is happening tonight. And it is uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So we'll talk about that a little later on in the crap bag. We'll lay it out for you. I'm going to give Cameron a quiz and see if he can remember who won the matches one through seven. Because <laughs> oh, I know boy. you're I know you're a golf freak. So don't pull the list up, Cam. I want to test you okay. on this because okay. I know you're a golf guy. I want to see if you can remember all these. I forgot half of them existed, mm-hmm. but I admit I do peek in on it. So my question today, Cameron, is very simple. You plus three on a golf course 
I guess if you want to get extra nerdy and pick the golf course, mm. whatever. I want this to be about the people, though. You plus three. Let's go live folks. As cool as it might be to say, I want to play golf with you know Socrates, Malcolm X, and Johnny Cash. Okay, cool. Fine. That would be an interesting round of golf. But let's go with live people. Three people, in sports, out of sports, whatever you want to do. I'm throwing out the first idea today, Cameron, because I like to try to solve a problem. I like to get people talking that need to talk. I want to go play golf with Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, and Magic Johnson. Ooh. Because Magic, Zay and I have theorized that Magic is the only one who could get the two of them to talk. So I want to get that started, and I feel like at the end of the 18 holes, I would have been able to at least – Start to fix the problem. Well, sorry, Magic can start to fix the problem, and then we can all schedule a big TV event to clear the air. That's what I'd do. See, now I've heard Socrates has a really good short game show. Oh, so dude, Socrates with, a, Socrates with a wedge. Oh. But my thing with MJ is how much money are you willing to put on the line? Because with Michael Jordan, you're going to be betting to play golf. Yeah, that's true. But I figure that can be covered. Unless you're partners with him. Then he's like, hey, MJ, yeah. you're already $6 million in debt anyway. And just add it to the total, right? I'm assuming he and Magic will be betting and stuff. And Isaiah. Exactly. I'm just there. I'm just there to drink a little and try to ask the right question at the wrong time. You know, just exactly. like, so what was, what was that deal again? Like, let's, let's just bury the hatchet, fellas. Isaiah, you ever been to Barcelona? What are we <laughs> What about 1992? Did you ever? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's, I shouldn't have mentioned that. Shouldn't have mentioned that. So let us know who your three would be. I'll let Cameron think on that. Cameron's a big golf guy. So Cameron may have a course set up and, and all that stuff, and maybe he wants to have golfers out there with him. That might be a dream if you're a golfer and you'd love to play with, I mean, like, you know, hey, hey, dream big. Go Jack and Tiger. Go Jack, Tiger, and Tom Watson if you want to. I don't care. Get after it. Maybe a, little, maybe a little Tom Watson, Phil Mickelson. Oh. See if they've uh, – I don't think they've spoken to each other since Phil Mickelson uh, went off on Watson in the 2014 Ryder Cup. But that, that's a really good question. How about Jack Nicholas and Greg Norman? <laughs> Get them out there together? Greg Norman and Rory McIlroy? <laughs> Greg Norman, Jay Monahan, and Roy McIlroy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Somebody texted us, by the way, about the Texas baseball situation. Um, maybe, they've, maybe they've got somebody better on the radar. Had to let him go. It is a high, high standard for, half full. for Texas baseball, man. ER, what did I hear Jeff say that ERA was? Team ERA up over four? It was 10th in the country. Yeah. and that's. But, Chad, watching the baseball, did you ever feel like Texas had a top 10 pitching rotation, top 10 pitching staff, because at times it felt like you just could not trust Texas at all. I think back to the San Jose State game, right? The 6-5 loss where your bullpen just could not hold on. And in the in the postseason, St. Morehouse really turned it on. LBJ had that complete nine game that basically sent Texas to the Super Regionals. So it felt like in the postseason the, the pitching got better. But also, also, Pierce could only rely on a couple guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm yeah. curious, and it's, it's felt like you've had guys who have really developed like LBJ, but you've also had guys that have not developed, that feel like you've that's gotten worse, yep. i.e. Aaron Nixon. Yeah, when they got LBJ to fit into that role, when they got LeBaron Johnson to fit in like he did, you really thought it was taking a step up. Ultimately, it didn't happen. Somebody else texted, why get rid of Woody? I thought he was doing a great job. So Texas baseball fans will be kind of processing that one today. The other quick baseball note I wanted to bring up today, I love history in baseball, and they have a ton of them. Even though I'm a Yankee hater, and it was a Yankee that did it, I think we need to give Domingo Herman his love. Because last 
Last night, Domingo made some serious history. He pitched a perfect game. Yankees win 11 to nothing. 99 pitches, no walks, no hits. Fourth New York Yankee to do it. David Cohn was the last guy to do it. Um, before that, David Wells did it. And then before that, a guy named Don Larson did it in the World Series. Only perfect game we've ever had in postseason. But Cameron, to show you the the rarity of it, I thought I'd look up a couple other numbers. It's the, this is the 24th perfect game ever. Just to give everybody a comparison. No hitters, 319. Just a no hitter. Hitting for the cycle always feels like a weird one to me. Like, wow, that's crazy. Same game, homer and triple, double, single. 343 times that's happened. Uh, walk-off grand slams also feels very like mm-hmm. specific to me. A walk-off grand slam, 250 of them Wow! since 2016. The only thing I could find more rare as I was looking through stuff was this stat. Only 13 players have ever had two grand slams in one game. So it's more rare than that, but but there aren't a lot of things out there more rare than the perfect game. Baseball is a stupid, silly game, and the slightest little thing can mess it up. Obviously, you can't allow a hit. You can't allow a walk. You cannot allow someone to safely arrive at a base. You can't hit anybody. The catcher can't drop a third strike and not get him out on the throw. Mm-hmm. You can't have you know catcher's interference. You can't have catcher's interference because that awards a base. No one can arrive safely on the base. It has to be 27 up and 27 down. It is a truly magical thing. Congratulations to him. Only 24 of them ever. And if you want to go like modern era versus dead ball stuff, I think yeah. it's only like 22 in the technical modern era of baseball. But we'll, we'll give the old guys their credit and let them have 24. As long as baseball has been played, that's pretty wild. Joins a I need. Incredible exclusive list, including Yankees who have done it. And how about yeah. his last start, Chad, against the Mariners? Gave up 10 earned runs. Yeah, but comes that? back with the 24th perfect game. I'm not a huge Yankee fan. I'm, I don't hate the Yankees. I don't love them. But seeing that it reminds me of that line from Moneyball. You know, how can you not be romantic about baseball? It's an incredible feat, and especially in this era now of MLB where it's, you know, it's explosive bats, right? It's hitting. It's, it's a hitter's league. There's a reason why it hasn't been done since 2012, and it's incredible to see it last night. It's one of the truly remarkable feats, I think, in all of sports, right, that you kind of have to you have to watch, right? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, well, and it's also one of those that when a no-hitter is going, you kind of have to watch. Yeah. Cause, but with a no-hitter, I could hit five batters, and it's a no-hitter. Yeah. I could walk eight guys, and it's still a no-hitter. But with this one, it's so – I mean, it's got – it's the name for a reason. It's got to be perfect. So I always start to think in no hitters and especially perfect games, I think more and more about those infielders mm-hmm. and what they're doing. The play Rizzo made last night. Rizzo made an awesome play going horizontal onto, not on the grass. He was still on the dirt, but then to get up and Herman gets over perfectly for the, for the pitch over, uh, a little underhanded, but Rizzo makes a great play like that. Even just go look at some of the, the plays they made in the ninth. A couple of those hops. One little weird hop, and it's done. One little bad hop, hit one pebble, one blade of grass, one rock that you didn't see, one little moment where you take your mind off of it. That's what I'd be freaked out about if I'm one of those infielders because I want it for him. If I'm in center, if I'm in right, one comes screaming at me, I'm thinking, oh, I can't let this guy down. He's trying to pull off true baseball history. And he did it on 99 pitches too, which is even more impressive. Compared to other sports, Chad, where does 
perfect game rank in terms of I got to get to a TV because I feel like in basketball it's maybe when a player gets past what like 60 points 65 I think for me last year when Donovan Mitchell scored 71 for the Cavs I think after like 55 or 60 points I was like okay got to turn on league pass for NFL I'm not sure if anything's there. I'm not sure if there's a a comparison to let's see, let me turn this game on and see what this player is doing. I think in golf, maybe it's 58. But even in golf, you know, there's certain courses that where the setup is so easy that, you know, it kind of will lend easier to a 58 versus baseball. You know, you have to have everything has to go your way. As you talked about, Chad, your defense has to be locked in focus. You You can't miss a pitch. You can't hit a batter. It's probably, I think, is it the hardest thing to do in sports <sighs> in terms of just one game? I mean, obviously, you can argue winning a championship is the hardest thing to do. But in terms of just one game, one performance, I feel like perfect game is probably the hardest thing to do. So here's, I just found one that's, a little, that's, that's comparable as well on the hitting side. Someone asked me about – I mentioned cycles, 343. Someone asked me about the natural cycle. Yeah. I just double-checked this. According to this, it's 15 guys that have hit a natural Man. cycle. 15. So that's even more rare. So yeah, to be to go into a game and not only have to get all four, but you literally have to go single, double, triple, home run. And by the way, Gary Matthews Jr. of the Rangers did it in 06. How about that? Natural cycle. So I'd put that one up up to it. Um, and also, yeah, baseball does have those things where as it's happening, you're going to call your buddy who's also a fan, even if he's not a big baseball fan. Hey, I mean, back in the day, I remember these. Hey, no one's got a no hitter going. Yeah. Hey, no. Sometimes you don't want to say it that way. Hey, turn it on, Nolan. Eighth inning, just turn just it launch, on. Yep. Try not to jinx it and everything. So yeah, no hitters, perfect games, cycles in baseball, hitting streaks to me in baseball are amazing. Yeah, hitting streaks and on base streaks. I love those. I remember being a kid when Pete Rose went on the big one. The closest we've gotten to DiMaggio, I believe, is forty four from Pete Rose. I think I'm right on that, and I remember that. I remember, and this is in the day of you know. Very little, like ESPN's just getting started and stuff, if I'm remembering the year correctly. But you yeah, it was 44 games for Rose. Breaking in, you know, you'd break into coverage and watch the highlights to see what yeah. happened. But I remember when, the, when, you, when those games would happen, you're making sure to know when his at-bat is coming up. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Let us know your thoughts on that. Is there anything you'd put in that category in terms of a perfect game that you have to watch? Yankees uh, get that done while the Mets are not getting anything done yeah. right now. They're t- Terrible on the other side of New York. Steve Cohen came out with his press conference. Anytime your owner has a press conference about the team in June, probably not going to be a good press conference, right, Chad? Oh, brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Oh, here's a good, uh, the immaculate inning. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Now, the immaculate inning has to be nine pitches, correct? Nine pitches, all strikes. All strikes, nine pitches. I've heard someone ask, but why, what about three pitches and you're out? That, I don't even know if that has a name. The one, two, three inning, literally, I guess. The one, two, three, yeah, but one, two, three, you could one, two, three is you got them all out, yeah. right? So it could go both ways. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a term. I need, need the super, away for the this. super one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the immaculate inning is pretty cool. The extra immaculate inning. Yeah, somebody points out Astros had two in one game last year against the Rangers, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, just remind us of that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, great stats there. All right, congratulations to Domingo there. Also, he's got a badass name, Domingo Herman. What a great name for uh, for a pitcher to pull that off. New York wins that one, eleven to nothing. All right, I'll stop talking about the Yankees. Just wanted to mention that. Also, we've got some more NCAA stuff. 
stuff to get into. How about transfer portal changes that could be coming? I don't know how big of a shift that would be, but just to let you know, that's out there. Plus, both the NCAA and the NFL are dealing with gambling stuff in football, around football players. We'll get into that. Big 12 Media Days coming up. If you missed yesterday, we know the Longhorns that are going to Big 12 Media Days. I always find it interesting who is and who is not bringing a quarterback to Big 12 Media Days. We'll see if we can learn anything from that, too. Coming right up, Jeff Howe's going to jump back in at 105 to talk about a lot of things, including this breaking Texas baseball story today. Woody Williams is out as Texas pitching coach. More coming up on the Horn. I can't begin to know but then I know it's growing strong. All right, we're getting cranked up on a Thursday. Wasn't the spring Neil Diamond. This is Is this Sweet Caroline? It is. Yeah, okay. Did you do that just for Yankees fans that might be happy about a perfect well, you game? You said whitest. Ah, so you are going with the widest music possible? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, all right, fair enough. I need, I need some help because, you know, I'm not that white guy, right? White Wink, folks wink. do love some Neil Diamond. Not that all folks don't love Neil Diamond, but you will see some white folks at the show. Definitely. Neil Diamond getting us started today. Hey, sometimes you can have curveballs there. Because I saw a whole lot of white folks at the Jay-Z show I went to. I'm just saying. I think a lot of rap music... Uh, the popularity can be given to white people, especially white kids, right? It can. Big crossover. That's key, man. It's key to do it. Get the uh, You want to get teenagers to love your music? That would include Caucasian teenagers yeah. to love your music. Neil Diamond getting us started today. Uh, folks giving us some really interesting ideas on incredible records in sports, ones that are tough to break, ones that you have to watch. Sometimes somebody says, hey, Chad, what about batting 400 in the season? Overall, yes, absolutely. That's not one that's going to make me tune in in July, though. Yeah. The perfect game is that one like Cameron is talking about where in that moment you feel like you want to jump in, an individual game thing. For a season, yes, 400 obviously is crazy, and that's what we talk about, hitting streaks and stuff like that. Somebody else brings up the quadruple double in the NBA may be the hardest thing to do. That's tough. Someone else says they've never had a quintuple double in the NBA. It's never, ever been done. So that would be a little tough. But would, you, but would you, like, turn on a game for that? Like, if you got an NBA alert, hey, by the way, Rashawn Holmes the Mavericks is one steal away from a quadruple-double. Okay, cool. Maybe. Yeah, maybe because it is immediate. It's an immediate thing. Five minutes to go, and he's two boards. Okay, maybe. I might tune in for that. Baseball's a little more – it's a little more glamorous because you're talking about the starting pitcher yeah. doing something. I think so, it's more of like if a player gets to like 60 points. Like If you get a notification, hey, Steph Curry has 60 points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. you're turning the game on because you know Steph Curry. Can maybe, maybe, could he get the 80? That's why you're watching the game. You watch a perfect game. Can this guy 
go all nine innings right. without yeah. giving up anything. Yeah, I think for like an NBA game, NBA or co- – I don't know, I can't remember if this is happening in college in a while, but NBA seems to be where it happens. If you let me know that an NBA player is at or over 40 points and we've still got a decent amount of game left, I'll tune in. Yeah. Because now I want to see if you can hit 50. 50 is a magic number for me in the NBA. Can we go 50? And then like you said, could you go 60? Could you go flirt with – what was Kobe's? 81, I think? 80. 82, 81, right? 82, somewhere in that range. And then, of course, Wilt up at the top of that mountain. And I don't know if Wilt. 81, sorry. I should know that. 81 and then the 104 um, for Wilt. I don't know if anybody ever gets close ultimately to that one. But that's something that you would definitely pay attention to. So we talked about that. The uh, Herman perfect game last night. The apparently non-perfect status of the Texas pitching staff because they're changing pitching coaches. Again, Woody Williams, after one year, is out. We talked about that. We've also got uh, – we continue to have some NCAA and NFL stories out there today that have to do with gambling. For all those people that are nervous about gambling being associated with football and sports, this is one of those days where they get to kind of, you know – kind of nod and point their finger and say they told you so and stuff like that. Um, On the NFL side, we had talked about the story. We now get the punishment for Isaiah Rogers. uh, A few other players uh, are being suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games last season. There is an offensive tackle at Tennessee that is being suspended six games. Mm. So remember, if it's been indefinite, this indefinitely I think is what happened to Calvin Ridley, and then he had to reapply. Yeah. But when they get you for that, that means you were betting on your team or your team's games in some way. If they got this guy for six games, that's just like Jamison Williams of the Lions, who I would argue is the biggest name that's been affected by this so far. That's just they caught you betting on something you're allowed to bet on. You just weren't at the facility. You were at the facility. You were on the team plane. You were at the team hotel on a road trip or whatever. So on the NFL side – and they are trying to clarify all of their rules. We went over a lot of this yesterday about what they're trying to to lay out. Um, and then, Cameron, on the college side, I find it interesting that the NCAA is throwing out some new rules and trying to clarify what they're doing uh, in terms of um, in terms of betting. So the NCAA has come out on gambling now, and they are saying to clarify everything. You cannot bet, if you're an athlete in the NCAA, you can't bet on any sport offered by the NCAA. So just think of all that that entails. You can't bet on any sport that is an NCAA sport. If you bet on your games at your school, the the, the games that involve your school, you face a lifetime ban. Sheesh. If you bet on your sport, but it doesn't involve your school, you face a half-season ban. And any other betting on NCAA sports, the amount of the wager will now matter. They'll actually have a system, a tiered system of if you bet this much, you might be looking at 10% of a season. This much could be 30% of a season, et cetera, et cetera. So the NCAA is trying to figure this out. We we just had the Alabama baseball coach story, and there's been an uptick in stories involving players that are in gambling and the numbers gone up to where the NCAA is a little overly nervous. So they're trying to clarify their rules here. It just comes back to me, Chad, is as gambling becomes more and more popular, it becomes more, I mean, 
we've already talked about how FanDuel and DraftKings have such big sponsorship deals already with these sports, and I'm assuming it's going to get there with college football, right? I mean, there probably already are FanDuel-sponsored college football shows, DraftKings-sponsored college football shows. And what happens if NIL gets involved here? I know right now, currently, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, college football players cannot have an NIL deal with gambling companies, right? I believe that's true. And that same goes yeah. for, like, alcohol and tobacco companies, anything the NCAA deems, I don't know, is inappropriate, the Al- right word? Right, alcohol, tobacco, if it was something that was, like, like reckless gun ownership or something like that. Like, I think it, it could be something involved with guns, but it's got to be a certain thing. You know, it can't be, like, some reckless gun situation. But, yes, they have rules in there, and I'm assuming that's kind of the way the NFL is as well. But... Yeah, it's so it's around them all the time. So I've heard the argument. I heard somebody talking about it today out in the hallway that I think they said Mina Kimes is where they heard the idea that her idea and some others' ideas look just say you can't bet until you retire. Mm-hmm. I, that's a tough thing to do, though. Yeah, that's a it's nice to say, but I think it's a little tough to implement something like that in terms of you know NCAA athletes or NFL athletes. But seeing this. Seeing an uptick in stories where guys are involved in in betting is weird. But I understand. Here's the other thing that's weird to me, Cameron. If I'm understanding the rules correctly, both sides would say that a college player can bet on the NFL and an NFL player can bet on college. Yeah. For the NFL guy, he's just got to be careful where he does it. Mm -hmm. But he can do it. And then if I'm an NFL guy, I also need clarification on when you say no daily daily fantasy football, what do you mean by that? NFL? Do you mean daily fantasy NFL? Or do you mean I can't even play daily fantasy college? college? Because there's both. So once I got that clarification, then it may be understandable. But now we're seeing all these gray areas. I wonder if you're a player, do you start to do you start to just stay away from it? You know, just kind of recoil because you don't want to have to face suspensions like this. Well, Rashad Barry, Isaiah Rogers, the two Colts players who were suspended, they got waived by the Indianapolis coach 23 minutes ago. Mm. So if, if you're an agent, if you're a coach, you're an owner, whatever, I feel like you're telling these players, just, just stay away from it. You know, if it's if you're not sure about it, then don't do it. Right. Yeah, and that would be... Like you mentioned the, the daily fantasy sites. It's like, well, can you do college? I would just stay away from it because right. you might jeopardize your career. You know, Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry, maybe they get signed next season by some other team after their suspension ends. But for the moment, they don't have a job this year. Yeah, and I, so it's, is it, was it worth it? Probably not. Yeah. Can I play daily fantasy golf Yeah, as an NFL player? Yes, I can, but don't set up my you know British Open play. Don't you dare do it in the team bathroom. Not in the locker room. Don't do it in the meeting room yep. 10 minutes before the meeting starts. Don't do it on the bus. As you're headed over to a team event, those kind of things have to be, you know, figured out. And yeah, I, I, it's it's just a, it's a totally different world now than where when I'm growing up watching college and pro football, the idea of any discussion of gambling was just crazy. Now it's gotten a little more, uh, you know, kind of melted together. And here's the other thing that I keep looking for. Again, I would argue that the most famous. I guess let's say person on each side. The most famous person that's been hit in the NFL with this stuff recently is Jamison Williams that played at Bama. Yeah. The most famous person in the college side, I'm going to say, is the Bama baseball coach. Mm-hmm. 
Is it Bohannon is his last name? Yeah, he was betting on actual baseball games involving his team. Right. Right? They had a connection, right, exactly. They had, they had information and uh, evidence that he was betting uh, or giving information that was being used uh, on games they were in. So I do wonder what happens, though, if the names start to get bigger. Without, with all due respect to those two guys, those aren't massive sports names. But what happens when some badass tight end in the NFL, some star quarterback in college football, gets hit for something like this? Even if there's a, sort of an innocent excuse, an innocent story around it. Man, I was walking into the facility or I was sitting in my car about to walk into the facility and I threw down something real quick on the British Open. I'm sorry. Yeah. If it starts to happen to the biggest names in these two sports, I wonder if stuff changes. But the NCAA and NFL are doing their best to try to clarify right now uh, to players what is expected and what they can can and cannot do. And I wonder what the NIL discussion about, we've talked about it yesterday, these state laws coming to effect in Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and the NCAA saying we have our own separate rules that while they may not violate state rules, you're going to violate NCAA rules. I wonder if in a few years, depending on what happens with the NCAA, if all this doesn't matter or will any teams challenge it. The NIL stuff, I think they will. The gambling stuff, probably not. But as as a head coach, it's another thing you got to worry about with your team, right? Yeah. you got to make sure, hey, just if you're a college coach, if you're Sarkeesian, you're probably telling your guys, Jay, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just stay away. I did forget Calvin Ridley. That's probably the most famous name. Yeah. He's more famous than Jamison yeah. Williams, maybe, overall. I guess that's – he. I mean, he missed the entire season. So A, a battle of two Alabama receivers yeah. and who's more famous at that point. But, yes, those are the names so far that have been affected. And there's just more and more betting out there. There's more and more relationships. Again, the sick irony is this is all happening because the NFL now has relationships with betting and theoretically – I don't know if the NCAA technically has relationships like the NFL does, but they're just trying to clarify things because they've seen some stories change a little bit. And, uh, you know, when you've got when you have a head baseball coach at an SEC program getting caught like that, I mean, it's, it's got to send alarm bells up. So NCAA lately trying to clarify a lot of different things uh, with gambling. Uh, this transfer portal story is interesting to me. Cameron, you see this? They're thinking about lessening the, mm-hmm. the transfer portal window. Right now, the transfer portal opens in football. Let's keep it in football. The day after they announced the college football playoff, like December 4th was last year, for 45 days. And then on April 15th, right around, you know, leading into, um, I guess, around spring games, April 15th to 30th is another 15-day period. They're talking about taking it down to a total of like 30 days. Because what they've seen when they look at numbers is the guys that jump in the portal, they jump in early. They don't jump in late. They don't get in on the last day. They'll get in as soon as that window opens. So they may be decreasing that. This number will terrify you if you are an old-school sports fan. Get ready. In the winter period, there were 2,224 football, just football players, into the portal in the spring section, it was 1,373. So you're right at 3,600, Cameron, for the year. And wow. Out of, and out of that 3,600, I believe 2,500 were on Colorado's roster before. <laughs> 
and all the others are USC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. That is absolutely true. Oh, my God. Brew McCoy is a thousand of those at the same time. <laughs> he just keeps counting. <laughs> just keeps going. Uh, yeah, that is amazing. So they're looking to go from 60 total days down to 30 days. We could get that made official in October. And they are talking about making these changes. Like we've been talking about the NIL changes yesterday, or excuse me, the National Letter of Intent, the NLI changes yesterday. Those may take effect for, those will take effect this next, you know, signing period and everything. Uh, it could be till October that they officially make these new portal windows. So the first portal window could very well be that, you know, December coming up. So to tie the stories together, I do think. Coaches will. Coaches are not going to get what they want in terms of the players' mobilities there. Mm-hmm. The players' freedom is there, but at least the coaches are going to get a time period. Yeah, a good tight window of here's when. And by the way, this is the window of declaring. You do not have to transfer in that time. Here's the other technicality. You don't have to do that. You just have to let them know you're going, which I think is fair, Cam. That's a fair thing. Sarkeesian's not saying, I need you moved out of town and, and, you know, completely, you know, signed in at the new place in 30 days. But if I could know in a 30-day window, that's really going to help me out. So that's ultimately what they're saying here. And there'll be different windows for other sports and all of that, but at least there'll be a hard schedule on it to let them, you let them know, and then they can then you start to make plans and obviously looking in the portal for thousands of other people doing it. Because they have two separate windows right now. Right after the day after the college football playoff gets announced, which is December 5th, 45-day window, and then the second window after spring football, which is only 15 days, April 15th to 30th. I like having two separate transfer windows, just like soccer for football, one in winter, mm-hmm. one in spring. Now, would they cut down the winter window from 45 days to 15 or do they make that 30 any race the spring window because that would change a lot I oh think, that I definitely think, would a lot of football yeah. players they they still go through spring kind of waiting to see if anything changes new coaching staff more playing time and then spring they go ahead and pull the trigger if that goes away then the winter portal will be like it was three years ago where it feels like everyone's roster in there yeah I would assume I mean I would to me they're going to do whatever gives the players the most freedom I think at this point so probably both right I like the idea of both 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 options the season is ending and you know where you stand with your program either you feel a certain way your coaches feel a certain way you assess it in your exit meeting or whatever make your choice then or even if I'm a so if I'm a new enrollee I'm coming in early you know in January to get started that way um, when these new guys come in in January and I've already been there and somebody takes my spot and I realize, oh, my God, that guy, Jonte Cook or whoever it is, right? This, oh, this freshman's a stud. He's going to take my playing time. The spring game happens and you realize, man, I got two snaps today. Yeah. So at that point, should I get 15 days to say, yeah, I think I may be done. I think I may need to look into that. May I go talk to my coaches about it? So I'm I'm wondering if they're just going to go to like 15 and 15. Yeah. If they want it to be a total of 30 days, make it two 15-day windows. You could even make it a two-week window if you want to, however they want to do that. But, yeah, I'd do, I would probably do 15 days on both sides. And I think it helps the coaches understand the roster a little bit better because a 45-day window is a lot because if you're losing guys, you're not sure, like, hey, they could still, December 5th comes around, hey, they're leaning, maybe leaving, but January 1st comes around, they still haven't decided. They still have a couple more days to decide. This 15-day window – 
helps will help coaches know, okay, who's leaving right. and who I can get. So yep. I think it benefits actually both sides. It's a rare win-win. I think for both sides, Chad. Let's hope so. We're all, that's what we're looking for nowadays. Win wins. There aren't a lot, there aren't a ton of them. Uh, so more NCAA stuff coming out. Trying to get things clarified. Uh, we will get to the Big Twelve Media Day stuff. If you missed it yesterday, Longhorn fans, it's Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford, and Jade Barron, the players that will go to Big Twelve Media Days. We'll talk about those uh, other teams and some of the guys that they are bringing as we move along. Also up next, coming up at 105. We'll talk to Jeff Howe about that, about the Longhorn baseball story of the day. Woody Williams out as Texas baseball uh, pitching coach. So David Pierce needs a new pitching coach. We'll talk to uh, Jeff about that and some other Longhorn stuff. Plus, coming up in the crap bag tonight, it's actually this afternoon, it's the match eight. Do you remember any of the matches one through seven? We'll see if Cameron does coming up and remind you who's playing tonight and if you're interested. This is the Horn. Rolling through a Thursday, music that the Caucasian folk might like. This qualifies, absolutely. Think so, right? Like a lot of people like Skinner, but certainly, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama. This is, we were talking about this one this week on the show. That riff fires yep. up, man. It just pulls you in. It's good every time. I it, think the Alabama helps the whiteness of the song probably does it probably does yeah a little bit leonard skinner and neil diamond as uh cameron journeys through yesterday it was about houston area hip-hop and someone made a reference that this might be the whitest show around and i thought well if he played houston area hip-hop the whole time it can't be the whitest show around someone texted us today that that's the paul feinbaum show that is the whitest (laughs) show around so we'll take that second or third position but today Cameron thought, well, let's just lean in. We will lean in to that music that the white folk like. And I am white folk, and I like some music white folks like, and I like some music white folks sometimes don't like, just like everybody else. So we'll get into some of that uh, today. Make sure his up on the sex text line with uh, your personal white songs. Yeah. Uh, somebody brings up uh, Neil Sedaka and the Bellamy Brothers. Pretty good calls. Okay. Good calls. White folks are going to those shows. Yeah. There is no doubt. All right. Uh, it is a, a Thursday. I'd say beautiful Thursday, but it's just damn hot out there. Please be careful uh, as you go through this crazy summer of 105 again. Uh, it seems like every day. Hope you're safe and sound out there. We get a little closer to football season. Let's get you the countdown here before we get to the crap bag. How about 65 days till Texas and Rice, September 2nd, and that big weekend, uh, Colorado at TCU and some other games that that we'll be watching. First NFL game is 70, nice even numbers, day, uh, days away. That Detroit-Kansas City game and the first NFL Sunday is only 73 days away. So football never dies around here. You know that. We'll work some football in with Jeff Howe coming up, horns247.com. He will jump in here with us at 105. We'll update some football stuff, talk Big 12 Media Days coming up, but also 
Texas baseball needs a new pitching coach. Woody Williams has been fired, so we will get into that. Right now, though, let's tell you what's happening today in Vegas that you might care to watch. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. All right. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. One of those made-for-TV golf events is happening today, I'd say tonight, but it starts at 5.30 our time, in case you hadn't seen that. 5.30 on TNT, which means it'll be 3.30 in Vegas. They are saying it's going to be about 100 degrees or so when they tee off, and it is going to be the NFL versus the NBA. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So, Cam, I thought we'd go through the history of this event, remind people how it's morphed, because this really has evolved as it's gone on. Way back in 2018 was the first The Match. Can you tell me who played? Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Very good. In fact, it was called The Match. Tiger versus Phil. Do you remember who won? Phil Mickelson. He did. Late night, they had to turn lights on to have it happen. They went extra holes. Phil beats Tiger. In May of 2020, we had the match Champions for Charity, and that's when they started morphing the sports. Do you remember who that was? This is two or four players. This This is four. four. This is golf and football versus golf and football. I think Tiger in Tom. Nope, nope. Tiger in Peyton Manning. Correct. Versus Tom Brady and was it Phil again? It was Phil again. Okay. Very That's good. That's when Tom Brady split his pants. That is the Tom Brady splits his pants. He also um, hold out from the fairway. Yes. I believe you're right on that. That's right. That's, I mean, that's COVID. We're all inside just looking for something to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thoroughly entertained by that one. And uh, Woods and Manning won it. Yeah. Tiger and Peyton won that one. The third event happened in November of 2020. Again, trying to get everybody through COVID and giving them something to watch. That was called the match Champions for Change. And this one only had one golfer. Do you remember? Can you give me the golf course? This is a weird one. Uh, You know what? I don't see the course here. My bad. This is the third one they've played at this Vegas course, but I don't know. They're playing at the win for people who don't know. I don't Mm. know where this one was. One person? Only one golfer. The other three are other sports. Oh, man. So this was the first time that Steph Curry was involved. It was Steph and Peyton Manning against Phil and Barkley. I do not remember that one. Barkley as in Saquon Barkley? Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Okay. This. I'm sorry. So this was played out in Arizona. Okay. Because right. I remember it, they made a big deal because Steph Curry was a plus two handicap, I believe, at the time. And people are like, how is he a plus two handicap? He's not he's not making birdies every hole. And that's when people realize, actually, a plus two handicap does not mean you're Tiger Woods when you play golf. Uh, I did watch that one. Okay. All right. Uh, then we had the match four where they did uh, – they went back to golf and football. Is this in Wyoming? Possibly. If it is, who was it? Is this the Brooks Kepka first DeChambeau one? Uh, or my, or is this my no, head that, of it? that's part five. Okay. Part four was Bryson, <clears throat> Bryson and Aaron Rodgers against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Okay. Bryson and Aaron Rodgers won that one. Did not watch that one. The next one was ma- the the match Bryson versus Brooks, mm-hmm. November of twenty one. Kepka over DeChambeau. That was also was Josh Allen in that one too. Brooks won that one. Uh, no, that was just that, golfer. That was straight golfer. up golfer okay. golfer. Then we bring back the sports guys the next year. So the next one, these last three 
have been, excuse me, then we have the one that is like tonight, where it's all another sport. That was Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes against Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Young quarterbacks against older quarterbacks. And the old guys won. Brady and Aaron Rodgers win against, they just called that one literally Brady Rodgers versus Allen and Mahomes. Then last year, it was uh, December of last year, that Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas took on Rory and Tiger. I've watched that one like seven times, I think. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah, just over and over again? Yeah. Uh-huh. Enjoyed that one a lot. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas did win that one over Rory and Tiger. So tonight they're going back to, so this will only be the second time that we've had an event where no golfers are technically involved. It's all sports. Will you watch this one, Cameron, tonight from Vegas? Going to be a hard no. It's a hard no? Hard no. Um, as many people know who listen to me, I try as hard as I can not to watch live golf. I like to be able to pace <laughs> my own golf. So I'm going to start that recording at 530. I'm probably going to start watching at maybe 7, mm-hmm. get a good hour and a half in. That way I can choose how fast I go through it. I think they're only going to play 10 or 12 holes. Yeah, it's a 12-hole match. It's 12? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're trying. And the biggest thing is they're raising money for good causes. A lot of times we get some good natural mic'd up moments. And with these guys, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey should be able to trash talk pretty well. We know Steph can talk. I don't and Clay. Know, I and don't, Clay. I don't know specifically about Clay Thompson, but I'm assuming he can trash talk a little can. bit, right? You're a that level basketball player. I think you're pretty good. So that'll be tonight, uh, again, 530 on TNT. And they, uh, they think it's going to be about 100 degrees in Vegas. That, that dry Vegas heat. Think about the last time you were in Vegas. Who wants to be outside at 3.30, mm-hmm. much less out on a golf course about to tee off on number one? That's what they're going to be doing today. The best part about these matches, I think, is the conversations you hear between Chuck and whether it's Immelman talking with the guys. That's the best part for me. It's not the actual golf. Yeah. The actual golf is kind of, eh. I mean, these these guys, you know, like if you watch the actual golf ones between like Steph and or sorry, between Phil and Tiger and Spieth and JT Roy, like you can tell they'll get in the practice range. Like, yeah, I haven't swung a club in like three weeks, bro. Let's see what happens here. Here's a weird conspiracy theory. Do you think they structured it this way so they know they're not going to have Charles Barkley making comments into the ears of actual golfers considering the whole live, live PGA thing. thing? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he was on the call in December for the, the Spieth, JT versus Tiger and Rory thing, right? He was, yep. He was, and there was obviously a lot of talk about it then. Yeah. But now, after this new agreement, agreement and everything, yeah. like you know Chuck's got to have some jokes. Oh, he's for ready sure. to go. So making those jokes to golfers might feel a little bit different. I wondered, what's the over-under on live jokes tonight from Chuck? Probably a line, let's say, two and a half. You think you take the over on live, live jokes? He's at least getting one out. I would go over because I was going to say three and a half is my number. number. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go slightly okay. over there. Someone asked, will Steph have a mouthpiece in while he's playing? <laughs> I don't believe he does, but if you have not seen Steph play golf, as Cameron was saying, he uh, he's a damn good golfer. Yeah. He had that great uh, moment at a pro-am few years ago where he holed from the fairway. Yeah. Snapped that thing back, nice spin on it, and went right in the hole. That was nice. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, again, I, I don't know what his handicap is right now, but when he played that match, he, he was pretty close to mm-hmm. uh, plus two handicap. So, which means you're usually you're shooting under bar every time you play golf. Yep, that's a good deal. That is today out in Vegas. One other quick note here in the crap bag since I am a tennis fan. How about this? Caroline Wozniacki says she's coming back. 32 years old. She's had two kids. She got out on the court, started hitting, and realized, you know what? I kind of miss this. And her coach said, 
you look like you're having a good time. And she said, yeah, I am. So they're going to have, they're going to come back in August and give it a shot. Former number one. Remember she was, uh, she was going to marry Rory McIlroy for a little yeah. while that broke up. And then she kind of reorganized things, decided she wanted to go off and have a couple kids and live a different part of life. But now she wants to come back on the tennis court and they're going to give her a wild card into the U.S. Open. Something to maybe pay attention to if you dig your tennis. Coming up, it is the one o'clock hour. We'll start with Jeff Howe of Horns247.com. Big story out of Texas, Longhorn Land today. The baseball team needs a new pitching coach. Plus, we'll get Jeff's thoughts on the players Texas and others are bringing to Big 12 Media Days. Don't move. It's the horn.